Hey, this is H1. We're going to be running it back with another episode talking about chess knowledge, chess wisdom, and chess understanding. Today, we're going to be going over the elements of strategy. If you don't know it, then this episode is going to be great for you because every chess player should know this by now. Every chess player. Yes, it's not going to be viral on YouTube. And yes, you're probably never going to see all of these terms on TikTok, but you will hear about it on this podcast. So just sit back and relax and learn about strategy in chess. And before we get into the next segment, I just would like to preface this by saying that the elements of strategy actually came from William Steinitz, the very first world chess champion, and it has been revised to our day. All right, let's get into it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, let's talk about strategy in chess. What is strategy? What is the definition of strategy before we get into specific concepts in strategy? Well, chess strategy is the purposeful attempt to gain an advantage over your opponent. This definition is straight from chess.com just for everybody to know. I'm not just pulling this out of nowhere. This is straight from chess.com. And let me read it one more time so that you know the purposeful attempt to gain an advantage over your opponent. Now, when most people read that, they're like, what advantage am I supposed to be gaining? And with strategy, let me just tell you, you're supposed to be building small advantages. But what are those advantages? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. There are two types of advantages, but I'm going to get to that right quick. Now, let me explain tactics. Tactics is usually short term goals because tactics come up when you're going to have to deliver a sequence of concrete moves. Now, strategy, on the other hand, is long-term goals that you have to keep in mind when you're playing chess. And with these long-term goals that I'm going to be explaining soon, you have to build it. And there's two separate columns that we're going to be making here. There's permanent advantages in strategy, and there's temporary advantages in strategy. So let's get to it. In total, there are 15 different elements of strategy and there's more to strategy than this list that i'm going to tell you about but let's start on the permanent advantages the first one is material advantage and the second one is bad king position now these are the first two because they're pretty important for example if you're i don't know let's say you get a position and your opponent blunders their whole queen You take their queen because you've been listening to H1 and H1 says take the free pieces from your opponent. Of course, with no traps, etc. After you take that free queen, there's a small chance for you to give that free queen back, especially if you're you're a tougher opponent and you're facing tougher opponents. That's why material advantage is a permanent advantage instead of a temporary. Now, bad king position... You can be in a bad king position if the king cannot castle anymore 
Or if the king is staying in the center, once the position opens up in the middle, in the middle, the middle, then there's really nothing your opponent could do about it. Especially if you are very accurate with the way that you play, you keep the initiative, you keep on threatening things, using force and moves, which force and moves is chest capture, <laughs> captures and threats. And yeah, that's how you take care of a bad king position. And it's a permanent one because there are positions where the king cannot castle anymore, especially if you have players playing the bone cloud against you following Hikaru Nakamura's speed run, which they're not Hikaru Nakamura themselves. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on to the third one. Third one on permanent advantages is pass pawn in the middle game. Now notice, it's specific to a pass pawn in the middle game, not a pass pawn in the end game, not a pass pawn in the opening, a pass pawn in the middle game. Because if you do your best to try to promote that pawn, use your activity of pieces and maybe try do some tactics to get your pawn promoted that's good for you that's awesome that's excellent you want pass pawns in the middle game and if you do have an isolated pass pawn you don't want to trade pieces until you get a winning position and that's permanent that's not temporary that's permanent because you will forever have that pawn unless you blunder it for no reason fourth thing strong and weak squares once your opponent push up a pawn Cannot pawn go back? Cannot pawn ever go backwards? Cannot pawn rewrite history? No, it cannot. When you play a chess game, you cannot do take backs, especially in a real chess game. I'm not talking about online. I'm not talking about that type of stuff. Talk about over the board, touch move consequences. After you do move, that pawn cannot go back ever. And every pawn move that happens on the board, there are weaknesses that are created. And those weaknesses are permanent with specific openings or with um, players that you face that just push up pawns for no reason, they create strong and weak squares. Just remember that when you're playing chess, every move that your opponent plays, there are squares that are getting weaker. Now, fifth thing, already to the fifth thing, we're going, we're going in right now. Pawn islands. It's kind of hard to talk about pawn islands, but the the best way I can describe it is pawn islands is just a group of pawns that are together. Together, They can defend each other. If there is a pawn group that is separated from the other pawn group, then that's a specific pawn island. You can have at most, at most four pawn islands on the board. The most pawn islands that you have, the worse it is for you because you want your pawns to be connected. You want to form pawn chains and you don't want to basically be protecting your pawns all the time because they can't defend each other like have you seen an isolated double pawn it's it's crazy even on the chess engine they consider that one pawn even though it's two have less pawn islands it's going to help you out in your future games and as you face off against tougher opponents the sixth thing, strong pawn centers. If you have a pawn in the center or two pawns in the center, that can give you a lot of space and a lot of control. Whoever controls the center controls the game. Now these last four is gonna be self-explanatory. A permanent advantage could be, um, not could be, can be controlling of a diagonal. Okay, that's the seventh one. 
the eighth one controlling of a file so control of a file ninth control of a rank and then the last one for permanent advantages is the bishop pair now let me explain all these control of diagonal file and rank before we get to bishop pair if you have a ruck on a file there's no really good chance for your opponent to control that file again especially if you have one rook and your opponent has one rook if you control a file your opponent can never put a, f a rook on a file again unless it's protected by something and that's a permanent advantage for that reason and it's that same concept goes to file rank and diagonal that goes with bishops and queens now the bishop pair why is the bishop pair an advantage well, the bishop pair does way better than the two knights in open positions. Especially when you get into end games, you can take over a lot more squares than any other type of um, coordination of pieces. A bishop pair is better than a bishop knight, and it's better than two knights. You can actually trap two knights on the edge of the board with a bishop pair. And that just proves how much power two bishops can do on a chessboard. Now, Let's get to temporary advantages because these are the ones that are going to be really important, especially as you become a tougher chess player, because these are the ones that's going to remind you not to miss the opportunity and to keep the initiative. And if you're not keeping the initiative, you are costing a whole game. And all my competitive people that be playing chess over the board, you know what I'm talking about. A game that you could have won, that you could have clinched in your hand, but you did not. And you failed. Remember that failure. Remember that loss. And do better next time. And you're going to do better because I'm going to be telling you the temporary advantages. The first one is bad piece placement. And the bad piece placement can be... Temporary because your opponent can, in a few moves, get the pieces back running in the in the right squares. Get the pieces back in the center. Just for example, how a knight can be on the edge of the board. If you don't take advantage of it at that moment, then that knight can, in one move, come back to the center of the board very quickly. Now, the second thing of temporary advantages is uncoordination of pieces. Sometimes your opponent's pieces or your pieces can just be uncoordinated they don't have a purpose they don't have a plan they're stepping on each other's shoes things of that nature they're stepping on each other's shoes what i mean by that is that their own squares where the two pieces can't be on one square that's what i mean so the other piece has to go somewhere else to have some purpose in its life you don't want you don't want two managers working at the same spot when one could be useful here and one can be useful in this area. That's exactly what I'm talking about when I mean uncoordination of pieces. But it's in a temporary column, so there's only a specific amount of moves or time to take advantage of it. And plus two, this is very hard to take advantage of because you don't want to do moves to uncoordinate their pieces, which pretty much happens all the time. Now, this third one is really important, and not too many beginners take this as seriously as I want them to, is the advantage of development. Whoever develops more, have an advantage. But, but, if you develop more and not 
do anything aggressive or put pressure on your opponent, then your opponent can come back very easily. And I'm talking about a tough opponent, not a beginner who's just going to never develop their pieces pieces and just push pawns. No, I'm talking about an opponent that's messing around with you, right? They're pushing all the pawns and then all of a sudden they play like a grandmaster, like Hukar Nakamura speed runs that he'd be doing. That can happen very easily, and most people don't know how to take advantage of a development, uh, of a development temporary advantage, right? You're gonna have to learn to. There are puzzles to, uh, there are puzzles on leechess.org that are called crushing puzzles or getting into winning position puzzles. Do those if you have trouble taking advantage of development. Because if you have all your pieces off the first rank or off the eighth rank, vice versa, and your opponent haven't done anything and they only develop their queen or their queen knight or even their queen knight bishop, like even if they develop three pieces and you developed all um, six of your, well, not more than six. If you developed all seven of your pieces, like both your rooks on open fives, you got your bishops on the best optimal Diagonals. You got your knights in the center. You got your queen behind your bishops or um, taking over a file with your rooks. You should have some type of sacrifice ahead or tactical. Um, you should have some tactical means to take advantage of to get yourself into a winning position. Then you have to convert that winning position into a win. Um, second to last thing. Concentration of pieces in the center, like I said before, whoever controls the center controls the game because when you have all your pieces in the center, you're going to be controlling the most space. And that goes to my last advantage, having a space advantage. And that's a hard thing to take advantage of. That's a hard thing because usually most people don't know what to do if they have a lot of space in a position, which if you have a lot of space, there are certain chess principles that you have to have in mind. For example, you are able to attack on both sides if your opponent's pieces are cramped and your pieces are free and they're going all over the board, creating threats here, creating threats there. You should be attacking everywhere to cause that second weakness. And if you don't know the principle of two weaknesses, I will look that up right after this episode. Really important. It just, and I know this is like a secret nugget at the end, but learning the principle of two weaknesses will enhance your gameplay. Then you realize, oh snap, a tougher opponent will be able to um, defend one weakness very easily and actually uh, easily enough to get a draw, even though that their position is worse. But if you cause the second weakness, that might be the weakness that you need to break the person that is sitting in front of you or the or the person that's on the other side of the world if you're playing online so these are the elements of strategy hopefully you wrote them down hopefully you have these ingrained in your next games and now you're just going to have to learn how to recognize this when you're playing in in real life games because these strategy elements that you're going to have to use is what is going to get you into those puzzles that you do all the time those tactical puzzles because as you face off against tougher opponents they're not just going to blunder pieces you're going to have to create weaknesses and these are the reasons um and these are the reasons how you can do so did that make sense i think that makes sense learn from these elements of strategy so that you can create weaknesses get yourself into a tactical position and then get yourself into a winning position 
And after you get into a winning position, you have to learn how to convert that winning position on the board into an actual point, an actual win. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, listen up, you got a secret. And you can't just sit there and not do action. So this is what I need you to do. I need you to play chess always, do more puzzles, and figure out all these concepts that I went over today. Once you figure out all these concepts, you're gonna be a tougher opponent. I promise you, you will, okay? Thank you for listening. And if you haven't yet, please follow to stay notified on my episodes and my podcast. I would appreciate that. And plus, if it's, if the option is there, just give me a like, give me a comment, you know, etc. Be the best viewer you can be. All right. I believe in you. Thank you for listening. You're at the right place. Keep your eyes on the road and stay healthy.